listening to From the Friars podcast, the community of Franciscan Friars, the Renewal, headquartered in the Bronx, New York City. May the Lord give you his peace. Good morning, everyone. Divine Mercy Sunday, second Sunday of Easter, famous gospel of uh, the encounter of St. Thomas, the Thomas, the doubting Thomas, the risen Christ. We have this beautiful season of Easter. We have an opportunity to um, read all of these uh, encounters with the risen Jesus. And uh, in uh, his book on the resurrection, N.T. Wright does a really great job going through all those passages and kind of putting them together to help understand, to help explain how, uh, what happened and what, what effect it had on well, what we now know as Christianity or the church or, you know, that, that there were two things that uh, basically uh, had happened. The first thing was the empty tomb. And the other was these encounters with the risen Jesus, who was the same Jesus who had walked and had been with them, who had been crucified and buried, but yet also was somehow different because of his glorified, you know, okay. Um, and here we have this story of Thomas. And uh, if I had to title this homily, I would entitle it, Discern Your Difficulties. And uh, I say that as a little bit of a commentary on what we see in Thomas here. So St. Augustine who said that Thomas did more for our faith through his struggle to believe or his disbelief than the others, you know. And uh, a couple of curious notes. It appears that these encounters with the risen Jesus were happening on Sundays. You know, and a week later they're together again and um, in the book of Acts what, is, what does Peter say when he starts to preach after Pentecost? We who ate and drank with him after his resurrection? So I, I don't know if we could say possibly there's a liturgical context for these encounters with the risen Jesus. It seems like they were gathering together on Sundays from the very beginning, the day that Jesus rose from the dead. So the observance of the Sabbath, the, the observance of the Lord's day had been transferred from Saturday to Sunday from the very beginning, Sunday being the new day of resurrection and the fulfillment. And um, maybe they were at the early you know, form of the mass when these encounters with the risen Jesus were happening or somehow the context of these encounters with the risen Jesus had something to do with the gathering on Sundays, which we know from the beginning was, was the mass, the liturgical, the fulfillment of the command, do this in memory of me, the recognizing of him and the breaking of the bread, you know, so powerful stuff, huh? And here, here's just a curious little small detail that I really want to focus on today. Thomas is not with them. <laughs> Okay, so he's obviously, he's somehow not, he didn't show up for Mass that Sunday, okay? <laughs> he wasn't there. And uh, so he comes back around, and he hears from them, we have seen the Lord. And whatever's going on with him, he's got a difficulty, he's got a struggle, and he refuses to believe. And we know, famously, he says, unless... I see the mark of the nails in his hands and put my finger in the nail marks. You know, guys, he's a rationalist. He's an empiricist. You know, he's like, I, I must see it. I must touch it. I, and put my hand in his side. 
I will not believe. So not only does he want to see the risen Jesus, he goes, I want to touch him, probe those wounds, you know, and it is him. And unless that happens, I will not believe. So he's got a, a struggle there. It's got a difficulty that he's got going on. Now, it, we're told a week later, they're together again. Now Thomas is with them. Jesus appears again, even though the door was locked. So again, I don't know, is this the Eucharist? Or it's the context for sure. Peace be with you. And then immediately he says to Thomas, did you catch this? Thomas, put your finger here and see my hands and bring your hand and put it into my side. Do not be unbelieving, but believe. Jesus quotes Thomas's words back to him. And as I was praying over that this morning, I was like, hmm, how is it that the risen Jesus, a week later, quotes Thomas's words back to him? Well, what it means is that when Thomas was there and he said those words, Jesus was there. He wasn't visible, but he was there. And uh, Thomas had been sweating it out for a full week. You know, think about how it could have happened. It could have happened that Thomas is there. I'm not going to believe unless I see and touch. And then boom, Jesus shows up. Here I am, see and touch. But no, Jesus was there when Thomas uttered those words, although Jesus was invisible. And then he allows Thomas to sweat it out and struggle for a full week. And so there's not until a week later that this encounter happens. Quotes Thomas's words back to him. So he allowed him to struggle. He allowed him to have a difficulty. And um, in praying over that, I felt such a consolation. Jesus is here. He's with us. Even when we don't see him, he's, he's here. His presence in the church, his presence in the sacrament, his presence in his divinity everywhere. God is everywhere. And then he will allow us to struggle. I don't know. Could it be a week of struggle or could it be a month of struggle? Could it be a year of struggle? Could it be longer? Four years of struggle, if you're a seminarian. <laughs> oh, it's so perfect. And uh, so, brothers, struggling and having difficulties is part of it. And so, how do we discern what is God doing? Why does a loving God allow us to struggle? Why does he allow us to have difficulties? And a couple of, couple of ideas came to me. And this is the discernment of your difficulties. Um, I think sometimes our difficulties are giving us the opportunity to learn that we need a savior. <laughs> we, we hear that we need a savior, that somehow we are broken, somehow we are wounded, somehow we are fallen, somehow our human nature is weak and it's wounded. But to really know it, <laughs> it's only difficulties and struggle that gives you the opportunity to really know it. It's not because I read it in a book. It's not because I heard it in a sermon. It's because like, I experienced it. Like, I know it. I need, I'm sick. I need a physician. I'm, I'm, I'm sinful and I'm weak and I'm wounded. I need a savior. So the, if you're having a difficulty, it could be that God is giving you the opportunity to learn on a deeper level or to believe on a deeper level or to know to experience on a deeper level, I need a savior. I am weak, I'm wounded, I'm broken, I'm sick. I need his healing, I need his, a savior. And then w with that is also 
the understanding that I can't save myself. It's not enough just to know that you need a savior. It's not enough to know that you are sick in need of a physician. You also need to know, you need to know this. <laughs> I can't do it. I, I can't save myself. I can't forgive myself of my own sins. I cannot heal my own wounds. And uh, that is such a difficult thing. And um, now, having said that, I wanna bring it just a little deeper that there are multiple levels upon which we need to know this truth. <laughs> You know, I think any of us here would say, yeah, I know that. Theologically, intellectually, I know that. I, I need a Savior, and I can't save myself. But somehow, difficulties and struggles allow that knowledge to get deeper within us. I really know it. I really, I know it. Like, I know that I'm learning that. Uh, although I've, I've believed it for years, I'm learning it on new levels recently. <laughs> you know, my struggles and my difficulties. So we have to be thankful for those difficulties, um, those struggles, that God would give us an opportunity to, to, that that knowledge would be on a deeper level within us. We are in need of a Savior and we can't save ourselves. Um, so you could see some of that going on in Thomas, huh? He's, the Lord allows him struggle for a full week and then um, when he finally does come and he quotes his words to him Thomas realizes oh he was actually there when I said that but I just didn't see him you know um, okay and then another thing that our difficulties uh, could help us to to um, learn or what God might be doing in a soul when he allows it to struggle or to have a difficulty would be to um, Help us to realize, uh, and it may sound contradictory to what I had just said, but it's not, it's complimentary, to help us to realize how much we need to be engaged in this. You know, that, that we can't, we're not quietists in the sense that God does it all, and like, I have no part. It's like once you realize I am a sinner and I need a savior and I can't save myself, if I could put it this way, the next step is to realize that this process of salvation, how much God wills to include us in it. You know, that yes, we, you know, it's his grace, it's his forgiveness, your grace is enough, your grace is enough, okay? But on the other hand, grace does not obliterate free will. The grace comes, and we can't make it happen, but it comes as a gift, but then also you need to cooperate with the grace, and our struggles and our difficulties could teach us that. It could give us an opportunity to know it, to learn it on a deeper level. That um, St. Augustine said, the God who made you without you is not going to save you without you. That on some level, uh, we need to also be cooperating with that grace. And um, it's only through struggle, it's only through trial, it's only through difficulty that we can also learn the place of our own free will in this whole thing you know we have to uh we have to be doing what we can do god does what he does we do what we can do um and you see that in thomas as well jesus does not force him to believe he doesn't for you know there's an invitation there's a grace that's given but then thomas has to be the one uh, now we're not told does he put his fingers into the wounds <laughs> we're not told you, you, you get the impression that once the risen Jesus shows up, quotes his words back to him, 
he falls to his knees, my Lord and my God, okay? And uh, that maybe was enough, you know? Like, it's like, okay, Lord, just seeing was enough. But then there's this beautiful line, you believe because you've seen. Blessed are those who are believing even though they have not seen, which is the rest of Christianity, <laughs> you know, from that time till now, after the ascension of Jesus, apart from this um, irregular appearance to St. Paul, okay? that it's Jesus comes to us, not in um, these strange, miraculous apparitions, but through the church, really, through the church, scripture, sacraments, prayer, ministry, works of mercy. You know, we have encounters of the Lord in and through, through the church um, that he established and that he sent forth as the Father sent me, so I send you. So we are caught up in these mysteries, huh? We are caught up in these mysteries. So to discern our struggles, the struggles will come. They're part of it. We have to discern what is God doing? What is he saying? You know, through these struggles I'm having, you know, am I learning about my own need for a savior? Am I learning about my inability to save myself? Am I learning about how much I need to cooperate with that grace? And uh, that my free will is being, you know, invited to cooperate. Um, so on this Divine Mercy Sunday... Uh, this beautiful day of the resurrection, this completion of, of the, season, uh, the feast of Easter. We uh, ponder these things. We thank St. Thomas for his struggles. And we've been able to learn a little something from his struggles for our own struggles, our own difficulties. Amen. been listening to from the friars podcast the community of franciscan friars the renewal please visit us at franciscanfriars.com or on social media cfr underscore franciscans